Space, 2067. The vast expanse of space stretches to the infinite distance as we pan across the black, finally settling on Jupiter and the relatively small space station floating in its orbit, the space station Galileo. We push through space, past the Galileo, to a small icy moon streaked with rust-colored creases, Europa. As we push into Europa's thin atmosphere and eventually the surface, a large, sprawling research base comes into focus on the jagged icy landscape. We descend past the base into the ice, and soon, the icy white fades to deep blue as we drop into the frigid ocean below Europa's thick shell. Two small points of light become visible in the distance. They seem to dance lightly as they move through the water. A pair of divers. Walsh. Alright, that should do it. Adler. Base, new welder secure. No sign of the drone's locator beacon. Copy. Bean counters are gonna love that. Head on back to the Explorer. Copy, Doc. Inbound. The two divers in their high-tech dive suits propel themselves toward a torpedo-shaped submersible pod. I'm gonna melt it through that barrier. Not at these temperatures. The hell? What? You don't see that. See what? Out there. At our two o'clock. Walsh gestures to their two o'clock and Adler turns soon spotting the distant point of light in the water with them. Base, do we have any other divers in the water? We got a light source roughly 100 meters out. That's a negative. Scanning area now. Stand by. The light floats there in the distance, effortlessly drifting side to side. Look how it moves. It just... Something whips through the water behind them. What the fuck was that? Something's in here. But when they turn, they see nothing. We're not picking up anything on our scans. Get back to the Explorer now. Copy that. You don't have to tell us twice. As they make their departure, the light source begins to grow in size as it makes their way toward them, moving with surprising speed. Holy shit, it's coming fast. Move, move, move. Get your ass in gear, move! They push ahead as fast as they can toward the Explorer, when suddenly... Walsh! They stop in their tracks upon seeing another spot of light coming toward them from the other direction. What the fuck? Walsh is suddenly jerked down into the darkness, the welding tank in his hand swinging wide and... Ashes Adler in the head. Bubbles erupting upward as her breathing hose ruptures and she begins to sink. Adler opens her eyes slowly, adjusting as she regains consciousness. The bubbles floating up past her field of view suddenly disappear and her brow furrows. As Adler floats in the vast dark void of space, the stars twinkle in the distance beyond her. She gasps and chokes. Look of horror manifests. She's not wearing a helmet. She starts frantically turning about, searching for her helmet or anything she can grab a hold of, but there's nothing but dark, empty space in every direction. The small stars are growing larger. Nearer? That's not right. It's not space. It's still the sea and something's coming for her. Anguish fills her face as she sucks in water as if it's oxygen, unable to function as she fights him in death. Her hands twitch and her eyes start to roll backward in her head. She chokes out a last small air bubble and opens her eyes. Now, glowing a bright and blinding white. The Deep. Chapter One. <sighs> Adele Adler, 30s, wakes with a start from the vivid nightmare. She blinks a few times and looks around, relieved to find she's still strapped to her rest bunk in the engineering bay of the SS Galileo. Adler releases her restraints and sits up and stretches in this zero-G section of the ship. The small necklace she wears drifts near her face as she finishes the stretch. She gently tucks it inside her axle grease stained t-shirt and shrugs the shoulders of her spacesuit on. The nearby comm station lights up with a system alert. A small display appears showing a holographic projection of Jupiter, Europa, and the space station Galileo as it moves into an optimal orbital position. She looks over the display and turns her attention to a window on the wall opposite her, looking out at the enormous surface of Jupiter. Adler moves closer to the window to get a better look. Noticing the reflection of the red signal light on the glass, 
pinging like a heartbeat as communication signals are transmitted out. A message indicator appears on her wrist cone. Message from Hollis. Adler grins briefly, then touches a finger to her ear, listening to a new transmission. She pulls herself close to another set of system readouts near her console. A red signal light flashes on her screen over one of the thrusters for the space station. Thruster 22 is a little hot, but otherwise we're holding steady. How do we feel about that storm system? Interior, SS Galileo, the bridge. Captain Hershey, 60s, stands on a small catwalk overlooking the entirety of the bridge and its dedicated crew. She turns to the huge viewport overlooking Europa and watches the storm system swirling in its growing atmosphere. She turns and her first mate Jameson signals a so-so. Cautiously optimistic. Keep an eye on that thruster and let's prime the secondary signal relay to be safe. Copy that, Captain. Hershey ends the transmission and turns to Jameson. How long until that storm is over the base? Current course projection, six hours, give or take. Captain Hershey deliberates on the information for a moment. Give surface team the go-ahead. Copy that, Captain. Jameson reaches for the comms and hesitates, looking to Captain Hershey. Mm. Yeah, let Adler have it. Adler, do you want to do the honors? Adler considers as she stares at the message indicator from Hollis. Yeah, patch me through. You got it. Stand by. As the line crackles, a friendly voice comes over the comms line. Sahid Shah, the Leviathan comms technician and engineer. Galileo, this is surface station Leviathan. We are reading you loud and clear. Exterior, Europa, surface station Leviathan. The large, sprawling scientific compound gleams in the wintry haze as the wind kicks up. Interior, Leviathan command deck. The bustling command deck is a living organism as scientists and astronauts move about, necessary cogs in the machine keeping the operation afloat. A palpable excitement fills the air. Something big is happening here. Hello, Leviathan. We are all very excited for you up here. How are we feeling on the ground? Next to Shaw, a stern-faced scientist in his 60s watches the various displays intently and sighs. Dr. Fuller. I think I'd feel better if you were on site for this. Well, you and me both, Doc. Someone's got to keep the engines running up here, I guess. I have complete faith in you and the team, though. Hmm. I'll be sure to pass that along. I'm sure our dedicated crew would appreciate the encouragement. <laughs> Interior, engineering bay. I take it you're calling with the good news. You got it. Surface team, your mission go. Interior, Leviathan command deck. The command deck erupts with cheers of excitement. Dr. Fuller, by contrast, looks almost disappointed. He looks to one of the displays. On the screen, some of the station crew are priming the first sub for launch. A woman in a lab coat and large glasses gestures with her arms, a conductor directing her orchestra of technicians as they prepare the sub. Copy that. Dr. Bailey has final prepping procedures underway. We'll signal back once the jack is mobile. We can hardly wait, Doc. Dr. Fuller switches the comms off. Where are they? Shaw taps a few keys and a new display fills the screen showing the crew in the mess hall, all gathering around the table as they eat and cards are dealt. I suffer. Dr. Fuller is clearly not a fan of the term. Interior, crew mess hall, last supper. Ella Bridger, co-pilot and dive specialist wearing a Cousteau-esque beanie, eats from a food pouch. Mmm, you know, the tiramisu is getting pretty decent. Roscoe Vega, pilot and mission commander with a military haircut, makes a face and tosses his dessert pouch over to Bridger's plate. Yeah, it's all you. Bridger slurps down a little more, and Hollis Gage, dive system mission specialist in security, sticks out her tongue in disgust. If you don't want yours, I'll eat it. And miss out on what could be my last dessert. Get real. <laughs> Race five. Gage tosses her bet into the literal pot in the center of the table, as Silas Stanton, geologist and aquatic engineer, takes his seat and picks his cards up. Well, there's the vote of confidence we were all looking for. 
Cole. Gage looks out the window on the far wall. Her eyes fall upon the dive platform, housed in the dome atop the dive shaft, across the tundra on the opposite side of the base. The biomes are so far ahead of the initial projections. Why do you think our training regiment was so extensive? Anything could happen down there. Nina Kelly, mechanical engineer and dive specialist, throws a bald napkin at Vega. That isn't helping. <laughs> you both need to lighten the hell up. Besides, no one wants to think about having to spend their last moments with you, anyway. Vega smirks at her and raises his eyebrows. <laughs> Race 20. Oh, come on. I'm all in for staying for the finish, but sometimes you have to know when you're beat. Besides, you need to have something left for the family after this. Hmm, so you think there's an after? Sarah Kreider, hmm. station Doppler technician and subsystems engineer, tosses her cards down too. Hey, aside from the micro life, there hasn't been anything out of the ordinary in the scan, so I can't say that I'm worried. Plus, we got Gage. She's gonna fuck shit up. Nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah. What about the drone and dive tech that went MIA? Ugh. Oh my god, not this again. Sarah, don't feed that shit. That rumor was never confirmed. Tensions are high enough as it is. Vega and Gage share a brief look as Oliver McCready, radar technician and subsystem specialist with a dapper mustache, deliberates on his cards. Of course not. You think we'd be going forward with these missions if they had to publicly confirm someone disappeared? No one asked you, mustache. You should really be focused on this game. Bets to you, and I know your cars are trash. <laughs> Call. Kelly smirks, and Vegas shakes his head at McCready. Hell, I'll stick it out. Call. I bet we find something new. Something unique. Call. The last card is burned and turned. Fuck! Should've trusted my gut. Vega folds. Gage looks at the card on the river, then her hand. She considers for a long beat, and finally... Figures turns her cards face down and folds. Hey, what's it to you anyway? She was supposed to be on the next shuttle to the Galileo, but instead she's stuck here. Oh, I thought you didn't re-up? I've already got a lifetime with Albert looking over my shoulder every minute of the damn day. I, I put my transfer in last cycle, but it was decided my expertise was too vital for me to be off-site until after the dives were completed. An Adler? Transfer also denied. Fuck. I'm sorry. Hmm. You and me both. Well, look at it this way. You're doing me a favor by making sure I'm protected down there. Oh, race 10. Oh, bullshit. Read them and weep, pretty baby. Kelly lays her cards down. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Oh, come on. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, if I didn't know any better, I'd think you cheated. Well, good thing you know better, or I'd have to straighten your ass out right here in front of everybody. <laughs> oh. Kelly collects the winnings and fans herself with them, winking at him. Thanks for playing sport. Your contributions to my retirement fund will not go underappreciated. <laughs> <laughs> you always manage to draw the short end of the stick, don't you, mustache? <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, you also got put on the secondary team, Sarah. Yeah, duh, as pilot. Whoa, wait, really? You bet your ass. I volunteered to swap mission teams so Bridger could re-up and I could run the rose. McCready looks on speechless. He turns to Bridger and she nods smugly as she sips her coffee. You really thought I was going to take my leave after that last data set? I wouldn't miss this for the world. Bridger grins big and looks off, but abruptly stops realizing she's forgotten something important. Uh, you alright there, Bridger? You got that look like you left the stove on. I may have left someone in my quarters before I shipped out. I guess I don't have time for a call either. I'm sure it'll be fine. Hey, where's Green Gills? Miller? Probably reported straight to mission death. 
Do we bring him some dessert? Bridger snatches the dessert tube from Kelly's hand. Snoozy lose. Rookie's gotta learn. Just then, a light flashes in the corner of the room. It pulses a soft green and a voice comes over the PA. All mission personnel report to dive platform for final mission prep. We are mission go in T-minus 30 minutes. That's our cue. Everyone heads for the exit. Gage hangs back, staring out at the surface for another moment. A weird feeling growing in her gut, like she might never see it again. Hey, you good? Sure. Why wouldn't I be? Bridger instinctively flips Gage's cards over, revealing her winning hand. Because you only throw the game when you're trying to earn some good luck? Gage breaks from her reverie and smirks. She's caught. (laughs) I'll be alright. For what it's worth, I'd gladly have traded my spot. Or broke your leg or something. (laughs) It's fine. After all, we all have to make sacrifices if we're We're going going to to build build a brighter brighter future future together. together. Bridger throws an arm around her and gives her a light squeeze. Gage accepts begrudgingly. I'm not giving you my tiramisu. Gage exits the room and Bridger follows as they move into a long corridor filled with other personnel and crew moving in different directions, carrying out their tasks on their way to the dive shaft. Well, can't blame you for trying. They both glance out one of the windows as they pass. In the distance, the growing storm clouds loom. Gage turns her eyes back to the path ahead and takes a measured breath, trying to remain focused. Interior, dive platform. Dr. Bailey runs over a digital checklist on a tablet as technicians and station crew move about quickly, making all final checks to the sub and equipment. The sub crew nod hellos as they move toward the access ramp, where Aaron Miller, the crew rookie and sub data engineer, stands waiting with a confused expression. Miller, where the hell have you been? Here? Uh, I thought I was supposed to... Was I not supposed to... <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. They push past him and move up the ramp, one by one climbing down into the sub. Miller looks on, still confused as everyone boards. Missed dinner, kid. Stanton claps him on the back and continues up the ramp as Miller realizes his gap and slaps his own forehead. Shit. Here, saves you dessert. It's tiramisu. Stanton tosses him a dessert pouch and continues on. Miller stares at the dessert pouch and sighs. Seriously? As Gage moves toward the ramp, Dr. Bailey steps in front of her. Gage, wait. Save your spiel, Doc. Not interested. Gage starts to move past, but Bailey steps in her way again. I know you're angry about the transfer, but you must understand how important this is. How vital your expertise is to the mission. We all have to make sacrifices if we want to build- The only reason I'm still here is that I swore to the crew I'd have their backs down there. Otherwise, I'd already have found a way back into orbit because that's where my brighter future is. But, hey, we can mine the fucking water here, right? Hooray! Bailey frowns. She doesn't know what to say. Your empathy is bullshit. You know it. I know it. So just fuck off, okay? Gage shoves past Bailey, leaving her speechless, and moves up the ramp to the subhatch. Dr. Bailey watches her for a moment, and her expression shifts to regret. She turns to check her watch against a counter in the corner of the room. As the second hand hits zero, the wall counter lands at the five-minute mark, and she announces, Sub-launch in T-minus five minutes. Perform all final exit checks and prime mission launch controls. A technician seals the hatch of the sub closed and starts down the ramp as a loud hydraulic sound bellows forth, and the dive platform begins to descend. Interior. Europa, the deep sea. The dive platform drops into the icy ocean and the SS Jack's engines hum to life as it drifts forward. Eye in the sky, Jack is in the water. The space station Galileo, the bridge. The bridge elicits a collective cheer as Captain Hershey leans on the comms. 
Surface team, you are clear for descent on your order. Interior, Leviathan command deck. Dr. Fuller hesitates, looking at the screen, showing the sub arriving at the gate. The screen switches to another camera, showing his team in the sub's cockpit. Dr. Bailey stares impatiently. <clears throat> Al? Their cameras aren't live yet. They will be by the time the barrier's cleared. They're almost to temperature now. She arches her brows in his direction, and he relents. All right, Shaw. As says Jack, you are clear for egress. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. The transmission comes through the speakers of the large state-of-the-art exploratory submersible craft. Vega stares ahead, focused, as he guides the craft forward. Off his left shoulder, Bridger watches sonar and various data displays. Looking good, folks. Pressure readings are in acceptable ranges. Bridger turns to Miller off Vega's right shoulder. Miller, what's the story? We got optics? Still adjusting to temperatures. Uh, five minutes, ten tops. Bridger looks to Vega. Vega considers. Wait. Are we worried? You kidding? On a small screen showing the engineering bay, Kelly chimes in. He was off-world for the last report. Bridger's face lights up. She turns and looks at him in awe. Oh, man. A-Dog, I hope you have your shitting pants on. And Miller lights up. Y you mean? Oh, yeah. You'll see. On you, Ace. Vega reaches up and hits a comm switch near another monitor, showing one of the lower decks. Stand and get the wet deck prepped. Gage, check the suits, then help Kelly with the probes. Interior, SS Jack, bulkhead. Stanton tightens a valve on one of the pipes as Gage reads pressure gauges on some of the equipment. Copy. Headed to wet deck now. Gage raises her eyebrows in mock enthusiasm. <laughs> Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Vega taps an authorization on his console. All ahead, full. Bridger flips a couple switches and the craft hums as the engines crank up louder. All right, folks, hang on to your butts. Vega eases forward on the throttle and the craft starts pushing ahead. Bridger turns her eyes to the viewport. They're far down in the icy ocean. The only thing in view is the deep blue waters within the scope of their lights, fading into the deep black of the unknown. A chill runs up Miller's spine as they dive deeper and deeper. Vega's focus is undeterred, and soon, reaching the darkness, is a large retaining wall. Exterior, the deep. As the submersible approaches the barrier, the lights reveal there's a vast enclosure surrounding them. The steel mesh gate stretches a mile in all directions, separating them from the vastness of the European Sea. The wall lights up, a deep red beacon illuminates at the center and pulses slowly. Interior, the SS Jack. Vega watches the pulsing beacon and taps his comms. Ace, we are ready for egress. Interior, Leviathan command deck. Dr. Fuller's resolve falters in trepidation. Base, do you copy? Repeat, we are ready for egress. Fuller relaxes and hits the comms to respond. Galileo, the Jack is ready for egress. Adler, any messages of hope or wisdom to pass along? SS Galileo, Engineering Bay. Adler again looks at the message indicator and taps the comms. Hello team, I'm sure you're all on edge with the prospect of what lies ahead of you and I can't say I blame you. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Adler's voice broadcasts through the sub. This is a daunting endeavor but we'll be with you every step of the way. Gage turns her head toward one of the speakers, as if that was meant for her. She smiles. If nothing else, remember, the future is in the hands of those who explore, and from all the beauty they discover while crossing perpetually receding frontiers. Bridger mouths the last words of the quote in unison. They develop for nature and for humankind an infinite love. Jacques-Yves Cousteau. Smiling wide, along with the rest of her crewmates in the cockpit. Today, you're setting a new record that will forever be remembered by history. Be proud. We all sure as hell are. Interior, SS Galileo, Engineering Bay. I look forward to seeing you when you get back. Break a leg, team. Interior, Leviathan Command Deck. Shaw looks to Dr. Fuller. Fuller nods the go-ahead, and Shaw hits a switch. You are clear 
Pre-egress. On the screen, the red light pulses quicker as the center lock disengages and the barrier starts to slide open. Bailey can hardly contain her excitement as she hugs a thick, beat-up leather-bound journal tightly to her chest. Here we go. She looks over to Fuller, who's still sour. May I remind you, we were skeptical we'd find even single-celled organisms. Instead, we found the beginnings of an oceanic ecosystem, and you're on edge. This is... everything. Everything we hoped for. It's too soon. We still don't know what we're dealing with. Yes, we do. Algae, krill, a few water bears. Fuller glances at the journal she's currently gesturing with, then turns a chiding stare her way. She scowls. We did exhaustive scans and searches that all came back negative. Accidents happen, Al. The crew will be fine. Just think how big this is. I am. His eyes remain fixed on the monitors. Worry heavy in his gaze. Exterior, Europa's Z. Barrier door slides all the way open and the pulsing red light turns a solid and steady red. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. The crew stares out the open gate into the dark, unnerving, empty black of the deep. Base passage is clear. Awaiting your go. Scanning area, please stand by. They wait in silence as a sonar blip is sent out. Bridger swallows and turns to Miller. How we doing on those cameras, Chief? One still alive. The red light turns green. Initial scan's clear. You are go. Vega exhales and pushes forward on the throttle. The sub moves out of the passageway. Interior, Leviathan command deck. Dr. Fuller watches them leave the safety of the enclosure, unaware he's holding his breath. Jack is clear and free at 2,000 meters and counting. Rose is prepped for launch and standing by. Dr. Bailey checks a few readouts and turns to Dr. Fuller. Everything looks good. Dr. Fuller taps the comms. Vega, keep it steady until we have feeds. Then, feel free to push to the drop-off and contact point. Interior, SS Jack. Copy, Doc. The sub moves quickly through the water as it descends into the murky darkness. Miller watches his monitors and toggle switches as the temperature hits nominal levels. Yes, we got eyes. He hits a switch and live feeds of all the other angles around the sub come up on his displays. Interior, Leviathan command deck. The bridge cheers, watching eagerly as the live feeds populate their various projected wall monitors. Interior, SS Jack, wet deck. The spacious wet deck gleams brightly with a large oval hatch in the floor of the room, a sealed and pressurized doorway to the icy depths. The walls are lined with workbenches, various tech, and state-of-the-art deep-sea exploration equipment, next to a row of high-tech graphene-weave deep-sea diving pressure suits. Gage spot checks one of the suits, and Stanton ensures all the exploratory gear is functioning properly. Ready to give those bad boys a test drive? She flips him off, and he grins. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. The crew watches calmly as they move through the eerie empty abyss. The mood in the sub seems to shift. The extra cameras all showing the empty darkness don't seem to add any comfort. Vega checks the depth gauges. 3,589 meters... It's just the sub adjusting to the pressure. Bridger shakes it off and focuses on her displays as an undersea tundra comes into view. All scans of the ice shelf showing clear. Nothing in our current path. 5,757 meters and holding. Proceeding on present course until we are clear of the shelf. Copy. On your lead. Out the viewport, the ice almost glows in the darkness as they glide over the icy terrain. Miller stares on enraptured. It's beautiful. 
You ain't seen nothing yet. Interior, Leviathan command deck. One of the various scanners chimes with an alert. McCready pulls up the indicator and projects a holographic map of the ice shelf. It indicates the approaching cliff and drop-off into the deep. The SS Jack is approaching the first contact zone, Doc. Dr. Fuller leans onto the console and hits the comms. Vega, bring her to a stop just past the drop-off. We'll send out the first drone there. SS Jack, cockpit. Copy. Kelly, do we have a drone ready? Good to go in three. Copy. B, get ready for a low-level thermal scan. Miller, arm the collector. On it. Copy. Bridger flips a few switches and swipes a few screens over. Miller slides a joystick control out from his console, and a new display appears showing a small camera attached to the sub's collection arm. Exterior, the ice shelf. The sub slows and drifts to a stop, just past the drop-off of the ice shelf. The sub pivots around, facing the cliff's edge. Perfect, Vega. Is the arm prepped? Miller moves the control stick, and the arm responds on his screen. Whip down, ready to go! All set, Doc. Interior, Leviathan command deck. Dr. Fuller points to Shaw. Get the feed started for the Galileo. Captain Hirsch, you'll want to see this. Yes, sir. After a moment, a video feed of the Galileo's bridge appears. Captain Hershey smiles. How are we looking, El? So far, so good. You should be getting the sub's feed in just a moment. The sub feed appears. Dr. Fuller moves to the comm switch. All right, team, lights out. Switch to thermals and start scan. SS Jack, cockpit. Here we go. Starting scanners and... Exterior lights are down. The exterior lights all shut off. Miller looks on, confused for a moment. He turns to Bridger, and she smiles wide, pointing out the viewport as she hits another switch. Killing interior lights? The interior lights cut off. We are dark. And for a moment, everything is pitch black. Suddenly, from the ice shelf, a soft glow appears. Miller's attention is seized, and his jaw drops. Whoa. Told you. Covering the vertical cliff face of the ice shelf is a layer of bioluminescent algae, plankton, and krill, moving about in the darkness like millions of floating fireflies in blues, reds, and yellows. Interior, SS Jack, Engineering Bay. Kelly hears the collective gasps over the comms and moves to the porthole nearest. A delighted grin finds her lips as the soft glow bleeds in through the small window. I'll never get tired of this view. SS Galileo, the bridge. Captain Hershey can hardly believe her eyes. You certainly didn't undersell it. This is incredible. Jameson, cast this wide across the station. Everyone deserves to see what their work's been for. Copy. Sending stream station wide. Jameson smiles proudly and enters a few keystrokes. Interior, engineering bay. Adler watches the footage live on a monitor in engineering. She smiles wide as others working around her all stop to admire the sight. Interior, Leviathan command deck. This alone is more than we could have ever hoped for. To think of what else we might find. Where does this put our hopes of successful terraforming? Very high. But we can't be certain until we've had more time to analyze the data and examine the samples collected. (sighs) However, the sea life present does prove to be promising when coupled with the growing atmosphere. Bailey relaxes. Captain Hershey is hypnotized. Very good. We'll begin transmitting this footage to ISS right away. Keep us posted. Yes, Captain. Captain Hershey disappears from the screen. Dr. Fuller glares at Bailey and then hits the comms. Go ahead and start the collection. Let's get the first drone out there to start mapping the cliff face. SS Jack, cockpit. Vega adjusts a few controls and responds. Copy. All right, Kelly. 
Let's drop the first drone. Copy. Prepping rovers for a stroll. Miller, take her out nice and slow. We want as many live specimens as we can for each distinguishable species. On it. Keep them dynamic. Miller starts maneuvering the arm out toward the growing bustle of tiny sea life. Interior, engineering bay. Gage appears, moving to check all the pressure valves here, making adjustments as needed. Kelly moves to a small chute in the floor and preps the drone, flipping a few activation switches on its side. Gage opens the drop hatch, and Kelly places the drone in the compartment. She closes the hatch, depresses the red lever in the top, and turns it. The drone payload drops out of the sub and into the sea. Kelly turns to the tracking monitor as a small dot pings on the sonar. The drone torpedoes out and away from the sub toward the cliff face. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Miller turns and adjusts the arm expertly as it glides along the surface, gently sucking out some of the microscopic, glowing sea life. Exterior, the ice shelf. The small drone jets through the water, moving down the cliff face, scanning the icy surface as it goes. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. A digitally projected grid map of the ice shelf is constructed on their display as the drone progresses down it. The scan shows a mostly smooth drop with the occasional outcropping of a sharp rock and ice formations. 3D mapping compiled. Looks like we have a clear path of descent. Thermal scans? A subtle temperature fluctuation somewhere below our current position. Based on our initial core mapping, we're likely looking at a thermal vent, but it's... It's pretty far down there. Doc, you getting all this? Interior, Leviathan Command Deck. We're reading you, stand by. Dr. Bailey stares, patience wearing thin. Thermal venting could be problematic if we're dealing with active sites. They've trained for that. This is precisely why we're here, Al. He hits the comms. Vega, you're clear to push the contact boundary line. Proceed onto the depth boundary, and let's see if we can get a better bead on the venting site. Interior. SS Jack. Keep an eye on your speed. Remember, you'll be dropping fast. Stay sharp. No unnecessary risks. Copy. You heard him, folks. Prepare to dive. Adjusting course, path, and ballast. Stowing collection arm. Exterior, the ice shelf. The sub pivots away from the ice shelf and moves out and down, deeper into the abyss, leaving the softly glowing icy cliff edge in its wake as it disappears into the black. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Scans and sonar clear. 8,000 meters. Interior, SS Jack, engineering bay. Gage stares out the porthole in size as they sink deeper. She takes a steadying breath and grips her hand around the small charm pendant at the end of her necklace. 10,500 meters, pushing boundary line. The sub creaks and groans in a few places as it again adjusts to the growing pressure. 14,000 meters. Gage leans her head on her arm. She can vaguely make out the shapes of tiny bubbles drifting up the glass as they dive. Something about it makes the hair on her neck stand on end. Jesus. Oh, what was that? Are you praying down there, Gage? Gage focuses on her view, considering her words carefully. I don't know about you. But the deepest solo dive I've ever been on is the full drop back home. Challenger Deep. 22 hours at 10,916 meters down. The one thing I took away from that experience is that no matter how deep or how dark, life can exist there and there is nothing more unforgiving than the sea. At 10,000 meters, It'd take over three hours to swim back to the surface, even with our dive suits. And that assumes you have the energy to complete the swim. Never mind the oxygen you'd expend. So... So, 
We're already well past that point now. No matter how you slice it, if something goes wrong, we're not gonna be swimming back. All right, Gage. Let's keep things positive. Gage resists the urge to dissent, and finally. <sighs> yeah, copy that, Doc. Exterior, the deep. The sub plummets deeper and deeper into the darkness. All right, you're approaching the bounds of the signal relay. Reverse thrust and hold here for the next drop, Vega. Copy. Interior, SS Jack. Holding at, Vega eases back on the controls, and the sub comes to a stop. 19,000 meters. SS Jack, engineering bay. Gage opens the drop hatch, and Kelly places three more drones in the apartment, signaling a thumbs up. Gage turns the lever, and the drones fire out of the sub and into the icy depths. They turn to the tracking monitors, and then three new pings appear on the sonar. Rovers are officially live. SS Jack, cockpit. Bridger turns and flips a couple of switches. Expanding deck to observation. The cockpit's viewport extends, opening up their view to even more darkness. As Bridger stares out, an eerie chill runs down her spine. She shakes it off, turning back to her station. Scan still showing clear. Proceed with scout. Copy. Batter up, Kelly. Interior, SS Jack, engineering bay. Kelly pulls two control poles up from the floor, activating a holographic display. She starts tapping and swiping various options as she assumes control of the drones. Ready when you are. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Vega looks over a holographic display showing a wireframe geometric scan of the surrounding area. So far, it's empty. Keep moving. Expand out in concentric circles until we have a better idea of all surrounding geography and distance to the seafloor. Copy. Rovers on the move. Exterior, the deep. The drone rovers zoom through the water and each split off in a separate direction, reducing the sub to a tiny fading dot in the distance, in the seemingly infinite black of the sea. Interior, the SS Jack, engineering bay. Kelly tracks the drones as Gage locks back into one of the portholes, searching the darkness for something, though she isn't sure what. You okay over there? Just... feels off, you know? It's like when someone borrows your air regulator. Doesn't matter if they change the settings back, it always feels like using someone else's after. Yeah. On the display, a geographic shape starts to form as one of the drones finds it on the scan. Oh. Stanton will be happy. Look alive, people. We may have just found our seafloor. Drones are clocking depth at... Shit. 40,000 meters. That's nearly 25 miles. Gage looks less excited by the second. Drone 1 scans fill the display and she swipes the data to the top corner. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. The scans appear as the rovers start coming to a stop, showing a rocky seafloor going for miles in every direction. Initiating 3D mapping. The jagged, craggy seafloor becomes visible. It's a foreboding image, as the razor-sharp stalagmites jut up from below like rows of crooked teeth in a shark's mouth. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling real positive right now. Interior, Leviathan Command Deck. Everyone marvels at the images being transmitted on the screens. The place is bustling with excitement and awe. Exterior, the deep. One of the rovers zips quickly through the waters, skating mere feet above the razor tips of the craggy seafloor, each one catching a small glint of light as it passes, further giving the impression of teeth. Interior, the SS Jack. Miller watches the displays and starts tapping his foot nervously. Bridger reaches over, keeping her eyes on the sonar, and puts a hand on Miller's shoulder. He stops. Vega appraises the rendering wireframe map, and his eyes narrow. B. Switch on the thermal scopes. Bridger hits a switch, and the display swaps colors. One of the formations lights up with thermal activity. Well, that's pretty unmistakable. Base. 
Establish a second signal buoy to extend the signal relay. You can continue descent after, but keep a watchful eye. Copy that. Miller, you got the buoy covered? You better buoy leave it. Miller steps down into the lower section of the cockpit and slides open a panel near a junction box. He presses the primer for the signal buoy and lights up. Miller pushes the lever in. The signal buoy jettisons from below the sub and settles a few meters away. A small light blinks on the tip as the relay goes live. Continuing descent. Exterior, the deep. The sub descends silently, a small glowing dot moving down through darkness, almost like a stone in freefall. After a moment, the sub starts to become larger, as though it's getting closer to us, or something else is getting closer to it. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Miller cycles through the various cameras on his monitor. One of the cameras shows what looks like a small glowing light in the distance before it switches to a different display. Miller double takes and switches it back to the previous camera. This time it's empty. Hey, B, anything coming up on sonar? All scans showing clear, why? Did you see something? I don't know, probably not. Bridger narrows her eyes at him, then turns back to her screens. But the sonar still reads clear. 25,000 meters and counting. How are we looking, B? Still on target, Ace. Interior, Leviathan command deck. Fuller and Bailey watch the live feed of the descent. What's their current depth, Shaw? Currently, they're transmitting at nearly 28,000 meters down, closing in on the seaport. It's so vast. Imagine if we were able to establish a colony here. How's the storm looking, Kreider? Kreider taps a few keys and projects a bigger version of her screen, highlighting the storm front. The storm system is shifting, but it should hold clear for another four hours, still within the safety parameters for optimal return time. Though it might not hurt to cut it a little shorter in case temperatures exceed our expectations. Safety first. Fuller taps the comms. Listen up, team. We still have time before the storm's on top of us, but you need to be headed back to us in 90 minutes to play it safe. Copy, Doc. Jack is now at 29,000 meters. Based on scans and current rate of descent, we should get the C4 momentarily. Excellent. Once you've established a safe docking distance from the vent, you may proceed with sample collection and exploring the bedrock. Copy, Doc. Interior. Engineering Bay. Gage stands near Nina, watching the holographic display, showing their sub's descent. After a moment, small rocky peaks enter the bottom of the display as they approach the sea floor. Interior. SS Jack. Cockpit. Out the viewport, the sharp stalagmites finally become visible. Folks, we have arrived. Yeah, I want to go on record that we should name this spot Hell. Seconded. Hundred says we die out here. I'll take that action. One of the scanners chimes, and a more accurate render of a heat vent becomes visible on the screen. Looks like we have a lock. Stanton, we're in your territory now. You ready to take a walk? Suiting up as we speak. Perfect. Gage, you're on deck. Take the space cadet with you. You heard him, Tenderfoot. Get your ass to wet deck. On my way. Miller hops up in a hurry and exits the cockpit. Vega and Bridger each handle a different series of switches. Stable docked up set. We are locked. Deploy when ready. Interior, SS Jack. Wet deck. Stanton, fully suited up, taps a small console on the wrist of his suit. The screen shows full oxygen levels and positive pressure readings. Gage secures the last strap on Miller's suit as Stanton locks Miller's helmet into place. Ready? Miller gives a nervous thumbs up. Stan looks to Gage. You good? Gage locks her helmet on. Let's get this over with. All right, Vega, locked and loaded. Activating wet deck pressurization. The three of them step onto the floor seal in the center of the room. A glass airlock barrier slides up around them, sealing them inside. 
A few small holes slide open in the seal and water floods the tube quickly. Their suits immediately activate, adjusting to the pressure. Compartment pressurized. Comms check. Everyone sound off. Check one. Check two. Check three. Copy all. Scans all showing clear in our immediate perimeter. Opening the airlock. This is it. Have fun, team. The floor seal slides open and the three divers lift up from the ground, floating as the passageway settles. They can now see down directly into the deep. Whoa, watch that first step, huh? Gage gives Miller a shove and he sinks forward, <gasps> down into the icy depths. Asshole. <laughs> Look out, green gills. Gage shakes her head and jumps down after Miller. Stan follows. Exterior. The deep. The divers sink down and away from the sub onto one of the jutting stalagmites. They touch down carefully, each gathering their bearings as they look around at the stark, empty black. Wow. How's the look out there? Terrifying. Incredible. I'm just glad the suits work. Gage glances at her wrist monitor. The temperature reading shows the area is unusually warm. Hey, B. These temperature readings accurate? Seems a little high. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Bridger scrutinizes the data and swipes over to his screen, showing tidal current analytics. Huh. Yeah. Sarah, you mind running a dummy check on the data I just sent? Copy. Data received. Analyzing now. Wow. Vent site must be huge. I'll get the updated numbers over ASAP. Thanks, Sarah. Gage, the tidal flexing margins have to be recalculated. Stay sharp. It could get choppy out there. Copy that. She watches the biometric data for her crewmates and pulls up Miller's as it flashes a soft orange. Miller, you okay? Your heart rate's spiking. Miller is silent. His breathing quickens as he stares into the unknown. Miller, you have to relax. Slow breaths. Okay? Miller, no games. If you're having trouble, we need you to come back inside. No, I'm, I'm okay. I just, um, I just needed a second to adjust. We're good. Gage looks him over, assessing his resolve. It's okay. I got him. He's good. All right. Clock's ticking. 70 minutes. Then we need to get our asses back to base. Copy. Shall we? Stan pushes off from the stalagmite and taps his wrist. He gets a little thrust from a small air jet built into the back of the suit and swims forward in the direction of the heat vent. Gage and Miller follow. Interior, the SS Jack. Cockpit. Vega and Bridger watch from the cockpit as their teammates move steadily toward the vent site. Vega monitors their progress on the 3D map and logs the incoming drone data. Drone 1 finally comes to a stop in the northwest corner of the grid, having reached the bounds of the enclosed ocean. Its feed shows stalagmites crashing into a rocky cliff face that becomes an ice wall halfway up. Looks like we're closing in on a full boundary map. Interior. Engineering bay. Kelly flips a switch on the controls for the first drone. A large green circle lights up on the grid around the drone. Perimeter security 1, set. As Drone 2 arcs through the southeast corner, it finds a similar wall and stops. She repeats the procedure. Perimeter security 2. All set 2. Good to go. Interior. SS Jack. Cockpit. Vega looks relieved and turns to Bridger, offering a shrug. Smooth sailing. Exterior. The deep. Stanton is stopped, floating near a stalagmite. He aims his light across the surface and the onyx formation shines with varying shades of silver and blue as the light passes over it. He runs one of his hands along the rock in admiration. Just beautiful. Stanton takes out a small pick and collection tube. He starts chipping some of the rock away carefully. Stanton, vents this way. You coming? Uh, uh, I'll catch up. Got a sample here. 25 meters beyond Stanton, the glint of Gage and Miller's work lights bounce as they move along the craggy terrain. Gage makes a soft touchdown on a small plateau, capping some of the jagged features. She bends and drags her hand across the surface of the rock, collecting sediment on her glove. I bet. She scoops some sediment into a sample tube. 
Miller films the surface with a small camera in his glove, providing him with a live feed on his wrist panel. He peers out across the jagged seabed to where the sub is docked, glowing softly in the distance. Miller turns, looking in every direction, taking a moment to enjoy the simple peace of the stillness around him. As he turns his eyes back to his wrist screen, his breath catches in his throat, and he goes still. On his screen, a small orange light floats in the distance. He blinks, and it's gone. You good? Yeah, uh, no, I'm good. Uh, promise. I just spooked myself. She stares at him for a moment. Oh, come on. Thermals say the vent is just ahead. Should be ripe with more of our little glowing friends. <laughs> Let's go meet him. She pushes off from the rock and swims on. Miller takes one more look in the direction he saw the light then follows. Exterior, Europa Surface Station, Leviathan. Later, snow and ice begin to pelt the facility, brought by the increasingly harsh winds heralding the coming storm. Exterior, space, the Galileo. The space station drifts in its orbit past Europa. In the growing atmosphere, the large storm system has begun to drift off course. Interior, SS Galileo, bridge. Adler moves from her post by a window over to a workstation. Jameson takes note and pulls up the storm. Adler, should we be concerned? She pulls up Earth weather data logs of storm systems and compares them with Europa's current data. The screen suddenly chimes with an alarm and several data windows appear. Shit. If these solar spikes are coming in accurately, then we might need to be. Is there a problem? Captain Hershey joins her and swipes through the data on a hollow screen as Adler stands by. These readings are accurate? I'm afraid so. A look of defeat fills Captain Hershey's face. Pinging Leviathan private comms. Shaw, hey, we have a problem. Leviathan command deck. Some of the crew have gathered near one of the windows, watching the increasingly turbulent weather outside. Dr. Fuller paces, watching the Doppler image of the storm system. It's turning. That doesn't make any sense. The change is so dramatic. Dr. Fuller, uh, Captain Hershey's on the private line. Fuller moves close to the console and puts on a headset. Captain? Oh, listen. Our data indicates that we've dropped right into a record solar maximum. Dr. Fuller sighs with a knowing expression. This is bad news. The solar flares are unprecedented. It's spiking the surface radiation from Jupiter and shifting the magnetic poles. We need to pull our team out. Understood. We'll start battening down the hatches over and out. Fuller tosses down the headset frustrated. What does that mean for our timeline? It means it just got shot to shit. Patch me into Vega's headset. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Moments later, Vega listens intently as Fuller gives him the news on private comms. Bridger watches as the last drone approaches a rocky embankment to the southeast when it abruptly disappears. What the hell? Interior, engineering bay. The computer alert chimes with the disappearance of the drone. Kelly tries to get the drone to respond. Damn it. Rover 3 just went offline. I have no controls. Dead stick. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. What's going on? Did it short out? Figuring that out now. B, can you source the Rover 3's last transmission feed? Sure. Bridger moves to Miller's console and swipes through a few screens. She taps a file and it goes live on playback. Rover 3, POV. The small lit up field of view passes over more jagged and jutting rocks as it maneuvers forward. It passes through a small crevice between stalagmites and just as it clears the gap, a burst of bubbles drifts up, obscuring the camera, and the drone jerks violently, spinning out and crashing into a nearby rock formation, cutting to black. Bridger looks on edge. She turns to Kelly on the subfeed. Kelly doesn't seem to be as certain of what she saw. Vega sets his earpiece down and turns to them in concern. Storm shifted drastically. Time to go. Rover 3 just went belly up. No signal. Fuck. Bring up his last transmitted location. A few taps and the coordinates appear on their grid map. 
Vega studies them and drags the screen until he can see the location beacons for his team. Think they can snag it? It's worth a shot. Vega sits down and activates his comms. Stanton, Gage, Miller, come in. We have orders, I repeat, we have orders. Respond. Exterior, the deep. Gage and Miller settle near the indicated thermal vent, delighted to find sparks of life. A small colony of sea starlight creatures and plankton, more krill, and tube worms. This is amazing. They even look kind of like our starfish. Miller scans his camera over the creatures with a grin. Look, look, they, they, they move the same way. They, I'm guessing they eat the same way based based on that structure. They, they even got all the same little cilia for, for feet or legs or... Did you know it's Latin for eyelash? Anyhow, but look at the... Man, these things are gorgeous. Vega. Vega. Do you read? Let's see the signal. Here we go. Do you read? Yeah, we got you now. Solar flares really put an afterburner on the storm. We need to pack it in. Copy. We'll start back ASAP. Hey, on your way, one of the drones went offline. Would you retrieve it? Gage looks to Miller, and he nods, as if to say, I volunteer. Yeah. We got it, Vega. See you in ten. Copy. Sending coordinates. Further out, Stanton hasn't heard the transmission. It's not getting through. He moves carefully amidst and through the stalagmites, marveling at the rocks as he goes. As he drifts underneath a stalagmite, he turns and stops upon noticing a small patch of algae on its underside. He examines it, and to his surprise, a few small worms writhe and move, scooting over the top of the algae, scavenging as they go. Stanton reaches out and manages to touch the tip of one of the worms with his collection tool. Hey, little guy. It reacts, reaching toward it. The worm moves up the tool and onto his hand, exploring. It moves around and laces along his fingers. He's completely enthralled. As he watches the small worm, he's suddenly nudged by a current. Whoa. The water knocking him roughly against a rock formation. Time to go. See you later, little... He looks at his hand, but the worm is nowhere in sight. He shrugs it off and starts swimming back to the sub. Interior, engineering bay. Kelly's replaying the rover's video. She watches again as the rover is hit, the bubbles, and then freezes the video just as it's starting to spin out and leans close, spotting something. In the Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Bridger's console chimes and she turns, surprised. Can't race Stanton, but it looks like he's headed back. Out the viewport, the work light from Stanton's suit bounces gently in the distance as he steadies toward them. Much further off, Gage and Miller are closing in on the drone. Vega turns with the sonar blip and looks to Bridger. Uh... We're picking up something on the sonar. What? Vega moves around to see Bridger's screen. A small dot has appeared on the radar southeast of their position. Vega hits the comms. Base. We have a contact point. Interior. Leviathan command deck. The whole deck has gone quiet. Dr. Fuller shoots a worried look at Dr. Bailey, who can barely contain her excitement. You're certain? It's not moving, but it's there. Southeast of us, roughly 80 meters. It'll have to wait. Do not engage. We can investigate when the storm passes. We need you to... We need you out of there ASAP. Copy. Al, you're too close to this. Bailey? You've got to see what I'm seeing. Bailey, we cannot... This could be a huge new data point. It'll have to wait. A species to study. We can spare ten minutes to at least record a visual. We have to wait, damn it. I know you have a blinder on for this. I understand that, but you need to pull your head out of your ass right now, okay? She's taken aback. Our people are still in danger out there. We can't risk their lives. We have to get them out. Get the Galileo on. If something happens, we need them to know. Shaw taps the comms. Galileo, this is Leviathan. You read? I repeat. Galileo, this is Leviathan. Please acknowledge. Acknowledge. 
Shaw flips a few switches in confusion. I, I can't raise them. Uh, we're picking up a lot of magnetic interference and signal disruption, boss. This interference? There's something here. I hear something in the signal. Fuller drags a hand down his face. This is all going to hell. Just then, the facility experiences a slight tremor, concern sweeping the floor. It's just a surface tremor, folks. Everyone's- The facility trembles even more, experiencing a ice quake. Oh my god, what is happening? Bailey looks out the viewport, attention seized by a water plume erupting on the distant horizon. Several more erupt upward in succession, each a little closer than the last as the tremors become steadily worse. Alert tones and system alarms begin chiming around the room as the facility takes damage. Bailey's expression shifts to fear. Interior, SS Galileo. The bridge is in a frenzy with the abrupt cut of the sub and Leviathan base feed. Damn it, I can't get the Leviathan back. Nothing's responding. Something overloaded the communications relay. Our comms are fried, Captain. It's the solar maximum. It's like all the energy and radiation from the sun is being focused through a magnifying glass. Is there anything we can do to offset the disruption or at least restore the wide range comms? We have to know if our people are safe. I might be able to boost the bounds of our signal relays enough to make that possible, but I'll have to pull power cells from one of the deck's power modules. Will that impact life support or any important system functions? Might mean we lose gravity in a couple of decks, but otherwise, we should be fine. Get it done. Yes, Captain. Adler salutes and exits in a hurry. Jameson, send a station-wide warning about the possible shift in gravity. Let's get everything as secure as possible. Captain Hershey watches the swirling maelstrom on the ice moon's surface as her jaw tightens. Yes, Captain. All personnel be advised, secure all workstations and HAB modules for possible gravitational shifts. I repeat, secure Interior, all- Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Vega looks to Bridger, both of them growing tense. All right, we gotta make sure we're ready to go the second they're back on board. I'll start priming the systems now. Bridger starts flipping switches and getting the systems primed as Vega preps the airlock on wet deck. Several more dots have appeared on the radar. What the fuck? Exterior. The deep. Miller and Gage are almost to the coordinates of the downed rover. The sea, even at this depth, however, has started getting rough. The currents move fast and in random spurts. Miller and Gage get rocked, as if by a gust of wind, and tossed into a rock formation. Holy shit! You okay, rookie? Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Gage looks around, feeling a shift in the water. I think I've had all the fun I can stand. You ready to bail? Miller considers. He looks at his wrist monitor. Rover's pretty close. Gage looks ahead to the area where the rover should be, unenthused. Yeah. They opt to keep moving. As they move away from the rock formation they were smashed against, the rock formation starts to move. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Bridger watches the radar and starts to chew a fingernail as the blips grow in number. Multiple contact points have appeared on the radar all around them. Vega frantically tries to get in touch with his crew. I repeat, everyone turn back for the sub now. We must evacuate. I repeat, we must evacuate. Shit! Not getting through. Strobe the lights. Morse code. Vega begins rapidly toggling the lights, snatching up his earpiece. Interior, SS Jack, engineering bay. Kelly stares at the still frame of footage. Within the narrow field of view from the rover, there appears to be a glint of light in the abyss and something else. Something organic? Oh. My god. She turns from the footage and runs to the nearest portal. In the distance, she sees a floating, glowing orb of light. After a moment, another, then another. B, Vega, pl please tell me you're seeing this. Exterior, the deep. Miller and Gage make a safe landing on a jutting rock, and Miller checks their homing map on his wrist screen. We're right on top of it. Where is it? Maybe it crashed down on some of these 
rocks. She's thrown by the glow starting to emit from between some of the stalagmites. Holy shit. Miller is awestruck. Suddenly their comms start to crackle in their ears. Vega, what's going on? We can barely read you. Vega! We're at the rover. We can't see it yet, but we're right on top of it. Do you copy? Miller looks around and is captivated by the growing glow around them. As he gazes about the rocks, he catches the tip of the rover in his periphery. Gotcha. He moves toward the rover. Gage turns her attention back in the direction of the sub and sees the flashing lights. Vega! If this is an emergency, repeat evac. 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 Gage snaps her attention back to Miller as the glowing around them gets brighter. She can see some of the rocks are... moving. Miller, we have to go. Now. I, I got it! She turns and sees that he's bent down, reaching between the rocks. He has a hand on the tip of the rover and starts pulling, but it won't quite budge. Let it go! We have to leave! It's just stop! Hang on! Meanwhile, Stanton, almost back to the sub, bounds from one rock formation to another. As he leaps over one of the crevices, he's suddenly blasted by a geyser of boiling water. He shoots upward away from the seafloor, flailing with the blast. The geyser subsides and he spins, flipping upside down as he starts to sink back down to the craggy bottom. He fights his orientation and hits the small thruster on his suit to steady himself. He comes down on a rock, but doesn't stick the landing. The ground is... soft. Stanton shambles to his knees on the spongy rock surface. Suddenly, the surface begins to glow, just like some of the surrounding area. What? The rock isn't a rock. It's a limb. Stan scrambles back to his feet, leaping away to the nearest rock surface. He stares back at the now moving stalagmite and marvels in horror as it begins to rise from the seafloor like a tentacle, a glowing orb of bioluminescent light at the tip. Oh, Christ. Stan turns and hightails it for the sub, swimming and bounding through the water like a man possessed. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. The pings have hit a rapid rhythm as more than 30 contact points have appeared on the radar. What are they? I get the feeling we don't want to stick around to find out. Strap in. Vega starts the engines. Bridger's attention snaps to the radar as a new, larger dot appears. Interior, engineering bay. Out the porthole, Kelly sees the large tentacle-like limb stretching high up above them as they're preparing to come back down again with force. She runs to the comp station and hits the switch. Everybody, hang on! Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. Vega and Bridger look out the viewport. They can now see the large, looming tentacle, and it's getting larger by the second. Shit! Exterior, the deep. Stanton bounds forward but stops in his tracks as the giant tentacle arm smashes into the sub. He watches in awe as the craft rolls over twice and knocks into the rocks. Meanwhile, Gage's attention is seized by the muffled underwater boom. She looks over and is horrified, spotting the giant looming tentacle near the sub. Miller! She turns as he finally yanks the rover free. But as he does, he's hit with a soft red glow. In the crevice below him, the tip of what looks like a spongy stalagmite with a small bioluminescent orb is pointed his way. Miller! Move! He looks up, scared, and finds Gage's attention is fixed on something behind him. He turns around and freezes. Floating above him at an impressive height is another tentacle-like arm with a glowing orb at its tip. Fuck. Miller turns and starts to swim away, arms stretched out toward Gage. Gage reaches out an arm as though somehow she'll reach him. Miller! And in a flash, tentacle smashes down on his body and whips backward into the abyss. Miller's terrified, bone-crunching screams echo in her ears. She turns and races for the sub. SS Jack, cockpit. Vega and Bridger scramble to get the sub moving. Vega jams the control sticks and the sub lurches forward. Increase thrust, it's right on our ass. I know, 
Kelly, are you okay? She knocked me on my ass, but I'm fine. Can you get to wet deck? We need to get them inside as fast as possible. Yeah, I'm on my way. Bridger watches sonar. The pings intensify again. Fuck! Hard to port! Vega cranks the controls. The large sub jerks left. Tentacle slams down in the spot the sub was just in. Rock breaks and crumbles with the impact, clouding the water. The sub emerges from the dust cloud and pushes on. Stan sees the sub approaching and taps a button on his wrist. His helmet light gets ten times brighter and flashes. Interior, SS Jack, cockpit. There! There's Stanton! Vega steers closer to Stanton and slows the sub. Stanton, if you can read me, get your ass on board. I copy. Almost to the airlock. Interior, wet deck. Kelly rushes, flipping switches as an indicator sounds, showing Stanton in the airlock. She pounds the pressurization button and the chamber floods quickly. The seal opens and Stanton swims up into the space. Kelly hits a button and the seal slides back closed, draining fast. As soon as the water level is safe, Stanton yanks his helmet off and gulps a huge breath. Oh. Kelly slaps the cuffs. Stanton's inside. Let's go. Interior. SS Jack. Cockpit. Vega quickly pulls up and guides the sub forward again, banking a hard left in the direction of Gage. Out the viewport, he can see her helmet light bouncing toward them. Exterior. The deep. Gage swims and jets her way forward as fast as she can as the glowing crags all around her begin to move and writhe like a creature awakening from a long slumber. Her breathing quickens and her heart pounds in her chest as she prays she's fast enough to get out of harm's way. The sub grows larger by the second, and it sparks hope. A geyser erupts just to her left. Another erupts just behind her. She panics and frantically gulps breaths as she grapples with her possible death. Another geyser, this one rocks her forward, toppling her end over end through the water. She comes down hard on a sharp rock. Gage regains her bearings half sprawled across two intersecting stalagmites as she sees a steady stream of bubbles shooting up from behind her head. Oh, fuck. Shit. She grabs at her helmet and reaches back behind her head, trying to assess where the leak is. She can feel one of the hoses is torn. She's losing air fast. Gage scrambles to her feet, fighting to keep calm. She looks for the sub, but it's gone. There's no sign of it anywhere. Oh, fuck. Shit. Okay. As she considers her options ahead of her, she sees a glowing orb start to rise from the seafloor. Gage acts quickly and drops down between two of the rocks where there isn't any glow. She tries to stay calm and watches as a red glow starts to grow somewhere above her. Fuck! As she realizes there's a steady stream of bubbles signaling her location. Fuck! Okay. She reaches okay. up behind her helmet and tries to get a hold of the torn hose. Gage strains to get a hold of the spot that's torn. The glow is intense. It's right on top of her. Gage pinches the hose and the bubbles lessen. The warm red glow grows brighter and closer with every passing second. She holds her breath, hoping that will help, but the glow seems to get brighter still. She's done for. This is it. As she waits for death, a moment passes. And the glow fades and disappears. Gage forgets to breathe. A steady jetty of bubbles drifts up above her. Gage, you read, Gage. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. Gage, where are you? We lost you in the geyser. We got pushed back further. Are you okay? Is Miller with you? Miller's gone. I'm, I'm losing air. Okay, I'm gonna find you. We're gonna find you. Do you hear me? Strobe your helmet light. Crank up the brightness. Gage scrambles to do as she's told, activating the strobe as she cranks the brightness. Her helmet light strobes rapidly as she frantically looks around for the sub. As her air steadily bubbles away from her, she glances at her air gauge, 15%, and dropping. She takes a few calming breaths, summons her courage, and starts climbing back up and out of the crevice to the open sea. Gage gets her footing at the tip of one of the stalagmites and peers through the inky dark amidst the soft ambient glow from whatever lives here within the rock. She starts to see a pair of lights in the distance. The sub. Her face lights up relieved and she starts to wave her arms. I'm here. Hey! 
here! Gage, I, I don't see you. Where, where are you? I I'm waving right at you. I can see you just ahead. You can't! Gage, we don't see you. The floating light becomes larger as it grows closer, and soon she sees it has a very different shape than the sub. The creature moves steadily through the water in an almost aerodynamic form as its bioluminescent tentacles flit in fluid motions, propelling it forward toward its prey. Oh shit. Oh shit. Gage, Gage, what is it? What do you see? Some kind of cephalopod coming my way. Oh fuck. It's huge. We're coming, Gage. Just hang on. The creature slows and turns directly toward her. Suddenly, it flaps its limbs behind it and rockets forward fast. It's definitely coming for her. Just as it's about to make contact, the sub bashes into the side of it, smashing it up against one of the stalagmites. The rock cracks and breaks and the sub drifts back. The creature sinks slowly into the crags between the rocks. Get to the airlock! Gage leaps forward and swims for her life as the air trails behind her. As she swims, another of the rock formations begins to move in her wake. She kicks and fights her way forward. Reaching out with a leap from a rock, she manages to grab a hold of the small drop ladder under the sub and starts climbing up, as has Jack, cockpit. Vega sees Gage entering the airlock on one of the underbelly cameras and immediately pushes up on the controls, starting their ascent. As they rocket upward, another large tentacle arm rises up after them. The radar pings rapidly. Shit, 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 Vega! I see it! He pushes the controls harder, maxing out the engine's thrust as they try to outrun the giant behemoth of a limb. SS Jack, wet deck. The airlock has barely finished draining when Gage falls out of the shaft onto the floor, hyperventilating as she yanks off the helmet. <laughs> Kelly and Stanton rush to her side to help her to her feet. God, you're not dead, but we gotta go now! SS Jack, cockpit. Sweat runs down Vega's forehead, jaw clenched as he braces, as if his sheer will alone might propel them faster. The radar goes wild and Bridger looks terrified. She slaps the comms. Shit, this is gonna be bad. Everyone brace for impact. The sub is slammed by the massive tentacle. Vega smashes against his console and Bridger is knocked from her seat as panels spark and break free all over the cockpit. Exterior, the deep, almost in slow motion, the sub disappears beneath the giant tentacle as it slams the craft back to the jagged sea floor. The current ship's violence as gouges erupt, and the entire seafloor becomes a nightmarish hellscape. Interior, Leviathan command deck. Entire crew of the surface base stands silent, horrified, as the sub-cameras all turn to static. Dr. Fuller stares at the static feed, frozen. Shaw tries the comms. SS Jack? Come in. SS Jack, status report. Do you read? I think we've... We've lost them, sir. What do you... Well, then get them back, damn it! I can't. They turn to find Kreider in a panicked state as she looks over her display and switches her headphone input. I've tried boosting every communications frequency we have, but this is all that's coming through. A strange sound starts playing through the speakers. Fuller suddenly looks as if he's seen a ghost. I can't, I can't, I can't be, that's... Is that a FRB? Yeah. It almost sounds like a heartbeat. A heartbeat? Where is, where is the signal coming from? Fuller's expression suggests he already knows the answer. It's coming from here, Europa. Turn that off. Kreider switches it back to her headphones. Start locking it down, everyone up! The station trembles again with another quake, worse than the last. The signal's getting stronger. Oh my god. 
Back to stations! Everyone back to the concern as tremors worsen and suddenly on the horizon, a giant plume of water erupts from the surface and an enormous beam of blue light bursts from the ice into the atmosphere. Oh my god. What is that? Everyone under the table! SS Galileo, the bridge. Captain Hershey and the crew watch in confused awe as a beam of light fires from Europa into space. Oh my god. SS Galileo, corridor. Adler has stopped in her tracks at a nearby window in a state of mesmerized horror. Hollis. The incredible beam of light is reflected in her eyes, and her horror shifts to new, terrifying acknowledgement upon realizing the beam is on a collision course with the Galileo. Adler is nearly knocked from her feet moments later as the space station suddenly trembles in its orbit. She turns to the opposite window and watches as the beam debris sprays into view and the beam itself disappears into space. Epilogue. Interior, Abydos Pyramid, Egypt, Empty Chamber. The caretaker stops at a carving in the wall, admiring it by lantern light. He reaches out and runs his hand along the grooves, and then turns to move to the next chamber. Interior, Abydos Pyramid, Egypt, caretaker's office. The caretaker sits at his small, creaky desk and turns on an old radio, tuning it to a station playing 1920s big band music. He picks up a brand new issue of New Scientist magazine, the issue date in the corner reads October 25th, 2003. The feature cover story is Light from Darkness, the black holes that have given birth to stars. He thumbs through the black hole article and starts reading. Suddenly, the radio abruptly cuts off, and the ground starts to tremble and shake. He panics as sand and small pieces of debris shake loose from the ceiling. He runs. Interior, Abydos Pyramid, Egypt, Empty Chamber. As the quaking crescendos, the carving in the wall almost appears to glow. Then, there's a bright flash and a crackling boom, breaking the sound barrier. Something falls to the ground in the middle of the chamber. It's an astronaut. No. A diver? Diver suddenly jerks to life as if jolted with electricity. They clamor around the floor, trying to figure out where they are, clawing at their cracked helmet, finally getting hold of the release. Water pours out of the helmet as Walsh chokes out water and finally gasps a deep gulp of air. Adler. Adler. Adler, are you? What? Walsh finally clocks his surroundings, and a look of bewildered terror floods his face. Holy shit. On the moon, and snow on the ground, but with you around, there's spring in my heart. The Deep, Chapter One. Written, directed, and narrated by Scott Segrin. Cast, in order of appearance. Jeff Bosley as Lieutenant Max Walsh. Briarly Bishop, as Lieutenant Adele Adler. Michael Smallwood, as Dr. Albert Fuller. Kimberly Callender as Captain Helen Hershey. Weston Lee Ball, as comms tech Saheed Shaw. Jesse Lee, as dive specialist Bella Bridger. Patrick Pena, as mission commander Roscoe Vega. Katie Oliver, as mission specialist Hollis Gage. Calvin Baku, 
as aquatic engineer Silas Stanton. Nyambi Wright, as dive specialist Nina Kelly. Sarah Furness, as Doppler technician Sarah Kreider. Scott Siegrin, as radar technician Oliver McCready. Mike Hendricks, as Ensign Aaron Miller. And Catherine McEwen, as Dr. Sharon Bailey. Produced and edited by Scott Siegrin. Original score by Jared Newman. Special thanks to the entire cast for making this possible. We thank you for listening. Stay tuned for Chapter 2.